number three. Last week we moved into uh, chapter three. It, it goes through the qualifications. It's, it's the chapter we normally go to, the qualifications of both bishops and deacons. Well, we talked last week, if, if we're to be disciples of Christ, if we're to proclaim to the world that we are saved, born again as Christians, then we represent Christ 100% of the time. We represent God 100% of the time. And if we're going to do that, then we all should be held to the same standard, which is the highest standard of perfection in the Bible, which is Christ. A lot of these qualities, and the one that we're going to focus on tonight, is one, one quality that Christ possessed that, that we may never. But the Bible still calls us to strive toward that mark. 1 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 1. This is a true saying, If man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, good behavior, given the hospitality, and apt to teach. Same thing for deacons over in verse... Really wish I would have wrote it down. Seven, nope, eight, nine, ten. Okay, it's there. Uh, tonight we're going to focus on uh, on that one word, blameless. And to be blameless is is a little bit more. It's a little bit more difficult to get into than just one word. A lot of times in English language, if you say one word. A lot of times it can mean a lot of different things. If I say grave, it can mean a lot of different things. It can mean a tomb, it can mean an expression. If I say C, it can mean a key on the piano, or it can mean water. In the same way, a lot of terms cannot be narrowed down to just one definition. Um, throughout the Bible, this the, the word blameless is used several times. And about the best definition that I could come up with uh, well, it was two of them, and they both go hand in hand. The first is being innocent of wrong. Now, does that describe us today? Innocent of all wrong. If that would be the case, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die. That is, in fact, not the case. And so Jesus did. The second is without guilt. To be blameless is to be innocent of wrongdoing and to be found without guilt. Verse number 10, talking about deacons, says, let these first be proved. Let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. The first qualification for the office of a bishop is to be found blameless. The first qualification for the office of a deacon is to be found blameless. What do we represent whenever we go into the world proclaiming Christ? If we mess up, it's not just our reputation, right? What would your daddy or your mom always tell you? About dressing up nice and, and not having dirt and mud all over your face whenever you went somewhere. They always hounded us about having our clothes on, shirt tucked in, no dirt on our face. Once we got old enough to shave, we were to be cleaned up nice, no shaggy hair. Scuffed up shoes and tore up pants. Because everywhere we went, we were representing them. We were representing something more than ourselves. 
whenever we put on an FFA jacket, you're representing the whole organization. And there's a code that goes with that jacket. Whenever you take your last name into this world, you are representing your name. You're representing your house. You're representing your family. Whenever you tell this world that you're a Christian, you are representing so much more than yourself. I'm representing a lot more than Brad Cooper. Because I can run down Brad Cooper's name and it only affect Brad Cooper if I was only representing me. But when I tell people that I'm a Christian, I'm no longer only representing me. I'm then representing the church that I'm a part of. I'm also representing the Christian faith. I'm representing the God that we serve and worship. And so while this may seem like an impossible task, it may seem like something that there, there's no way in the world that we can achieve, that's still supposed to be the mark that we shoot for. Whenever pole vaulters are, are jumping over the, the poles, if you watch them, especially in the Olympics, they'll run and they'll jump and they always clear that pole by this much. No matter how high that pole is, they clear it by this much. Every time. At some point in their life, they had to move that pole up. To get to where they are now, at some point they had to move that pole up. Whenever you get better, you raise the expectations. You raise the goal. Whenever kids are in elementary school, they are doing great if they can read and write. Wonderful. By the time they get in high school, reading and writing is no longer the accepted standard. Sorry. No, not a problem. By the time they get in high school, reading and writing is not good enough. The expectations has been raised. The standard has been raised. Well, Paul didn't set low expectations and say, hey, when you get here, then you can step up a notch. He set the ultimate expectations. He said that we are to be found blameless. As a Christian, we are to be found blameless. Innocent of wrong. Without guilt. Proverbs 23 and 1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Love and favor rather than silver and gold. Solomon was said to be a wise man. Why would he put that in the Bible? The Bible talks a lot about a good name and, and how we're to uphold ourselves. But why does that matter? Why does that make a difference? What people think of me. If I go and I do a roofing job for Brother Ed, and for the next five years, all Brother Ed's roof does is leak. That's all it does. He's laying in bed, boom, water hitting him on the head. Goes to the kitchen, boom, water hitting him on the head. Walks out the front door, has to slip through a mud hole to get there. If all his roof does is leak, and for five years he tells everybody about it, is anybody else going to hire me to come do a roofing job for him? I hope not, because I did a terrible job. My reputation is, is gone, shot. It's no more, because I did a terrible job. I'm not going to have an influence. I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to be able to convince you that I can do your house because you see what I've done. And it was bad. <laughs> a deacon and a bishop and a Christian trying to be a witness is to be found blameless because we're representing a God. And, and if we ruin our witness, if we ruin our name, if we ruin the... the the reputation 
If we ruin the influence that we have, then why should anybody listen to us? Why should anybody pay attention? I had a friend of mine taught in a private school in North Louisiana. I was talking to her about it a couple of months ago, and she said, I had one of the kids come up to me and say that I was the only teacher in the whole school that hadn't cursed them out yet. Christian school said that she was the only teacher in the school that had not cursed her out yet. And she said, I resigned my position that day. If I tell you that the Bible says be kind one to another, but I go around running down everybody that I can find. If I say the Bible says turn the other cheek, but I pick a fight with everybody who will listen. If I say the Bible says thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, but every third word that comes out of my mouth is a lie. What kind of testimony does that leave for me? What kind of a witness am I able to have? Why should a, a pastor and, and why should a deacon, why should a bishop, why should a Christian, why should a witness be found blameless? What is the point? What is the purpose of us being found blameless in the world? What is the point of it? Are we? Are we completely blameless? I'm not. I hope you're not. If you are, we need to talk after church. I've never met a perfect person before. We are not completely blameless. We are not completely innocent. We can't be. We're sinners. Paul said that we are to be. That is what we are working toward. That is where we are headed. For lack of a better analogy... That is our finish line. Whenever you're playing in sports, your finish line is a state championship. I told my baseball team our goal is to win our last game of the year. That is our goal, to win our last game. Because if that happens, that means we're state champions. Because you play until you go home. Our goal as Christians should be to play until we're perfect. Until we reach the goal that Paul has set for us, until we reach the standard that Jesus set for us, then we should work to be blameless. We should work to be perfect. We should work to be... Well, let's flip over and read it. Second Peter chapter number 3. We're going to do a little bit of flip-flopping for a minute. So keep your Bibles open. Second Peter chapter number 3. Verse number 13. I'll tell you what, let's back up number 12 and pick up there. Looking far and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, we're looking for the coming of Christ. We're looking for this old world to pass away. We're looking for that new heaven and new earth. Because we're looking for this such things, be diligent. That you may be found of Him in peace, without spot and blameless. 
There's a song, and I, I think somebody has sang it here before. Me and my brother have sang it all over. It says, where would you be if Jesus came back five minutes ago? And I've heard a lot of people preach on that song. Where would you be if Jesus came back right now? And most of the time they're preaching to the lost. because That's the ones that you want to, to have a better answer at the end of the service, right? Where would you be if Jesus came back five minutes ago? Where would you as a saved person be if Jesus came back five minutes ago? This morning when we got out of bed, was we looking for him to come? This evening when we came to church, were we ready for him to come? Are we ready to meet Christ with the testimony that we have? Have we tried to hit that mark of being blameless? Of being perfect? How close did we get? The thing about a thing about a goal and the thing about a race is that even if you never make it to the finish line, even if that finish line keeps getting further and further away, if we are running toward that finish line, we are moving. We are making progress. Hey. We are making progress. We are moving forward. We are doing something productive. Not only in the run of life, but when it, in our run of life for Christ. We are not to stop working. The song I was telling y'all about, I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. I'll be somewhere working. I'll be somewhere working. We are to always be working for God. The other song says, Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though the world turns against me, I'll still work for God. Even though somebody throws a limb on the racetrack, I won't trip over it. I'll jump the obstacle and I will continue to work for God. I will make progress pressing toward that mark. Being diligent. That ye may be found of him. Whenever Jesus comes, he may find us in peace. Not overcome by this world, but in peace. Without spot and blameless. Turn over, if you would, to Matthew in chapter number 5. One of Jesus' first sermons here on this earth. We know it as a sermon on the mount. Matthew chapter number 5. Verse number 48. He said, Be ye therefore perfect. Even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Jesus said, be perfect. We had baseball practice yesterday and I had a kid who couldn't catch a fly ball to save his life. He couldn't do it. He had one he missed. It hit him right in the collarbone. Had another one hit him in the chin. A couple more hit him in the chest. He just couldn't catch it. I walked out there to him. He's standing right here. I walked out there to him. I looked at him. I said, can you do better? He said, yeah. I said, do better. I turned around and walked out. If you can do better, do better. If you can't, I understand. But if you can do better, do better. A lot of coaches, that is not their approach. But the kid did better. Next round, he caught one out of four. It's better than zero out of four. We're not expected to be perfect Christians today. 
But we are expected to do better. Jesus said, be ye perfect. Work toward perfection. Do better today than you did yesterday. Turn over to James in chapter 2. Excuse me, James in chapter 3. James in chapter 3, verse 2, For in many things we offend all. We are not perfect. We mess up. Anybody here messed up today? I ran a stop sign. We all mess up. It may be a stop sign. It may be thoughts. It may be feelings. It may be words. It may be actions. It may be inactions. But chances are at some point we messed up today. God did not crucify Christ. God did not offer His Son as a sacrifice. God did not set Him up in heaven to be an intercessor for us. For nothing. If we were perfect, that would have been wasted. We aren't. Jesus Christ came to save us from hell. To save us from destruction. To save us from our sins. But after we're saved, we still sin. We still mess up. We still run red lights. We still speed. But the Bible says in John that if we'll ask God to forgive us, that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. If we'll confess them to it. James said, For many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word... The same is a perfect man. Anybody ever said anything? Never, never in your life said anything that wasn't hurtful. I've said hurtful things that I regret. But that trick is, and your mama told you the same thing. That trick is, once it comes out, <laughs> don't go back in. You can't reach out there and grab it. You can't press the undo button. Gmail has this feature now. Whenever you send an email, you got five seconds to click undo. I have undone some emails. Reworded them to be a little bit nicer. We can't undo the things that come out of our mouth. James said, James said, If any man offend not in word, he is a perfect man and is able to bridle. The whole body. If a man can control his tongue, he is a perfect man. And all the other ways we can mess up. James said, everybody messes up with their mouth. My daddy used to always tell us, your mouth's going to overload your butt. It's exactly what's going to happen. And it did, a lot. He wasn't wrong. We mess up, we say things we regret. We are not perfect. But we are to work toward perfection. We are to strive to be perfect. We are to strive to be blameless. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over, expecting a different result. 
God made us in His image. A lot of times I like to think that a lot of the characteristics that we possess are indicative of those that God possessed. It kills me whenever I see someone making the same mistake over and over and over again. And I tell them, stop, do it this way and you won't mess up. And they keep doing it their way. Over and over and over and over and over again. You ever seen that? If you have kids, you probably have. If you were ever a teacher, you definitely have. If you were a boss, you probably saw the same thing. People don't always listen to us. Just like we don't always listen to God. The office of a deacon, the office of a bishop, and the responsibility of Christians is to strive toward perfection in this life. To try to be perfect. To try to get to that point. To try to get to that standard that Jesus Christ set. So how do we do it? How do we get to that place that that I can say I am perfect? Whenever we get to heaven, we'll be perfect. But on this earth, we're not stopped trying. The Bible says, the Bible says all the answers. All the answers. That this word is profitable for doctrine, for rebuke, for reproof, for education, for answering questions, for solving problems, for giving peace, for bringing joy. The list goes on and on. That Bible is what does it. The Word of God is what does it. The Bible says, be ye kind one to another. Is that a step on the right direction toward blameless? That's one of the hardest things in the world to do. Be ye kind one to another. Jesus said, love all men. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love all men, everybody. That's hard to do. But we have to do that if we're going to be blameless before God. If we're going to be found striving toward that mark. If Christ comes back and quit, that's what we're working toward. Just before when we studied it, probably a month ago, Paul told Timothy, he said, pray for all men. Kings and princes and governors, all men. Pray for all men. Because everybody needs it. If anybody was perfect, they wouldn't need praying for. If anybody was right all the time, they wouldn't need praying for. If anybody didn't have any problems, they wouldn't need praying for. A lot of times in our life, we, we see, we have this tunnel vision. We'll be like the horses that get blinders on. And they can see right directly in front of them. We can see exactly what's happening in our life. We forget about what's happening in everybody else's. It's so hard to, to pray for everyone else whenever we are overwhelmed. Whenever we are underwater. Whenever we are facing things that we never, ever thought we were going to be facing. Whenever we're going through things that we never thought we'd be going through. But if we're going to get to that mark, it starts with the Word of God. It starts with the Bible. The Bible says that you may be found in peace, without spot, and blameless.
If Jesus came back five minutes ago, I have no doubt in my mind where the vast majority of the folks in this service would be. But if Jesus came back five minutes ago, would we be found in peace? Are we at peace with God? Or do we have guilt? Can we be found without spot? Or is there things still standing between us and God? Can we be found blameless? Or have we yet to ask for forgiveness for things in our life? It's hard to go up to somebody and say, forgive me. It's hard to do. It goes against our nature. It goes against <laughs> it goes against everything that our fleshly bodies teach us and tell us and want to do. But the Bible says when he comes. And that's a when, that's not an if. With the exception of a couple of very few people in the Bible, we're going to see death. And if Christ comes back before, will he find us in peace? Will he find us without spot? Will he find us blameless? If you can't answer yes, if I can't answer yes, we still have time to fix that. We still have time to work on that. JT Thomas used to tell us baseball practice all the time. Coach, I'm done. Throw my glove down. I took 200 balls at first base. I'm done. He look at you. He say, so you're perfect. Exactly what he said. So you're perfect. No. We'll go take some more. We may read, we may study, we may come to church, we may pray. But if we're not perfect, we have work to do. Tonight I want to encourage you. Don't stop working. Don't start striving. Don't stop striving. Don't stop working toward that mark. Being perfect. Being blameless before God. Before man. Well, we have a verse for song. We'll ask for a verse of invitation. Someone will have something on their heart.